Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk back with you after the car Christmas vacation. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Hopefully, everybody who was looking for some Strange Brew in their stocking got it. And now we can get back to the business of going to work every week. And when you have to do that, it means you need to start your day with Strange Brew Coffee. And look, just because it's not Christmas doesn't mean you can't go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and buy coffee for shipping, especially those new K-Cups. They are all the rage. That's what everybody's looking forward to. You've got that Keurig machine. Now you can use it to brew Strange Brew coffee. Our good friends over at College Corner, hope you had a happy holiday season. And hey, if you're headed to uh, to Memphis, hopefully you got some new maroon and white gear to rock. But if you're coming from Jackson and you haven't gotten that yet, well, you can always stop by on your way. Just head over to one of their two locations. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Pick up some brand new MSU polos and T-shirts and hats to wear to the Liberty Bowl this week. And, of course, anytime you're coming to Starkville, you need to have on some brand new maroon and white merchandise. Get it at College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco is still on their holiday break, but when they get back, they look forward to serving you the best and most unique Mexican food in the city of Starkville. It's a menu like you won't find anywhere else, not just in Starkville, but just about anywhere because it's something that's totally unique. It's a great restaurant. It's a great place to hang out. When they open back up on January 7th, make sure you're first in line at Humble Taco. Firehouse Subs makes it really easy for you to grab a quick and delicious lunch. You just got to use the Firehouse Subs app. It's free to download. And then when you're using it, it's free to use and it's free sandwiches coming your way as you rack up reward points. That's right. They make it easy to rack up the reward points with the Firehouse Subs app. Order your sandwich, pick it up, in, out, and done, and you'll be eating for free very soon thanks to Firehouse Subs. As we sit here on a uh, Sunday night, Dak Prescott is just mowing through the Washington football team. Am I correct? Yeah, I've been watching that a little bit. He had over 320 yards in the first half, four touchdowns. I can't really figure out the Cowboys this year. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, they'll have a game like this where they just absolutely obliterate somebody and then just kind of, you know, the next week they might just kind of coast. Yeah. Dak, Dak hasn't been playing well either. This, is, this has been he, this kind of a shift for him. That game. Listen to this stat, Robbie. This just got tweeted by Ed Werder. Dak Prescott has thrown a, quarter, a touchdown tonight to a running back, a tight end, a wide receiver, and an offensive lineman. He is the first quarterback in NFL history to do that in one game. That's amazing. They just blocked a punt in the end zone. Oh my god! Dallas did. Gosh. Yes, forty-nine to seven. Oh, um, so be it. More people are upset that Dak didn't say Mississippi State. Oh, did he not? Yeah, yeah. Well, Montez- the guy that the guy that sported a Mississippi State uniform at the Final Four. Yeah, the guy that was in a, a, a suite at the College World Series for two days when he didn't have to be. Yeah, the guy that comes to Mississippi State. The guy that comes to Mississippi State for his pro camps every year. I mean, I think he's done enough, guys. 
Uh, I think it'll be okay if he says Halton High School on Sunday night football. It'll be all right. Well, the thing to remember with that is, and people forget this, they only do they don't record those every week. Yeah. So if he recorded it for that week one game against the Buccaneers, that's what you got the whole year. So I don't I just I mean, don't understand why people get so upset about this stuff. I mean, it's just everybody knows where Dak Prescott went to college. Just, everybody knows where Chris Jones went. I mean people are sensitive. You know this. You know I, I shout out Winston County all the time. I mean, I know like, I know I don't matter, but still. Robbie, you never talk about Mississippi State. God. <laughs> oh. Except for on the show that I have five days a week. Right. right. Well, uh, you'll be heading to Memphis. Uh, as you, if you're listening on a Monday, you'll be you'll be heading up there tomorrow uh, for the Liberty All Mississippi State and Texas Tech. Uh, both teams already in Memphis. Both teams uh, preparing to play uh, in this bowl game. It, it, it appears everything I've read, Robbie says that uh, it's going to be a good crowd for this one. They're expecting a. a Pretty close to a, if not a sellout, pretty close to it, especially from the Mississippi State perspective. Have you been, when you've been talking to people, are they excited about this football game? Um, I think there's been more excitement as the game's gotten closer. You have people starting to, it's finally come to grips with, hey, they're, they're playing in a ball game. And it might not be a place that you want to go, especially for the second time this year, but. It's a bowl game, and it's close by, and you get a chance to see Mississippi State play football for one more time in 2021. Mm. Um, I mean, you have to at least like the fact that it's close. You can drive up the day of the game, spend time um, in Memphis that night or whatever, come back the next day. Don't have to spend a ton of money. I mean, putting your differences with the Liberty Bowl aside and all that, it's a very convenient game for Mississippi State fans, and this has been a good season for Mississippi State. It's not like it's uh, uh, ending on a sour note here. It's not like 2012 or something. I mean, Mississippi State's had a really good year. You feel like you got some momentum even when you lost the Egg Bowl. So people should be pretty excited for this ball game. I think Mississippi State sold its allotment of tickets. Now, I, I don't think that that allotment was as big as it was in 2013 and as big as it usually is. It's dropped a little bit, but – They've sold all their tickets, and now everything's directed to the third party. So I'm expecting a solid crowd. I don't think it's going to be packed out. I don't think it's going to be 07. I don't think it, it probably won't even be as big as it was in 13. But there should be a solid crowd there, and it should be a good contingent of Mississippi State fans. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a, a good crowd, a good Mississippi State crowd. And according to some Texas Tech beat, beat writers, some of the Texas Tech fans might be pulling uh, for Mississippi State as well as their love of Mike Leach. Uh, we'll, we'll guide them uh, through these next couple of days. A lot on the line for Mississippi State. And, and I've been thinking about this game and what it means. And, and, you know, win or lose in this game, what this season has meant for Mississippi State. And I've come to this conclusion. Or, and you tell me what you think. The first thing you have to do is you have to look at Mississippi State outside of the lens of what happened in Oxford this year. Ole Miss had a great season. All right. If an Ole Miss fan wants to start getting on to you, by the way, just disarm them right off the bat. You guys had a great season. They did. They win. They won 10 games. They're probably going to win 11. I think they're going to beat Baylor in a couple of days and, and win that game. But Ole Miss was expected to have a pretty good season, right? They're a preseason top 20 team. I think I had them second or third in the West in my SEC media predictions. I had them, uh, uh, I had Corral, I think, as my first team All-SEC quarterback. So, I mean, that in and of itself almost guarantees you having a pretty good season. Um, so, you know, 
don't look at it in terms of what Ole Miss did versus Mississippi State. Just look at Mississippi State. This was a team that was predicted to finish dead last in the West by a pretty wide margin. I think they were they were not far off being picked dead last in the SEC, just ahead of Vanderbilt. And they won seven games. They won four games in the conference. They were, what, 10 points away from having an 8-9-10 win season, however you want to look at it. Uh, this isn't a historic season by any stretch of the imagination, the way Ole Miss, Ole Miss had a historic season. It's their first ever 10-win regular season. They're going to probably finish the year ranked in the top 10 and could possibly be a you know top six, top seven team, depending on what happens in the bowls. That's a historic season for Ole Miss. This was not a historic season for Mississippi State, but in terms of program building and in terms of the idea that Mike Leach was hired to sort of turn things around at Mississippi State from what this team is, this program has always been, a physical run-the-football-first program to a spread-the-field-and-pass-the-football program, the, 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 the progress year one to year two is, is not – you can't pass over on that. You can't look at that and say – not impressed, in my opinion. I think this was a great season for Mississippi State, and it sets the table for the next two years, in my opinion. Well, just think about what – if every, if the cards all fell into place for Mississippi State, think about what it could have been. Uh, I think you have to be thrilled with the season that's, that has been for Mississippi State, and especially when, when considering you were so close to being – you know, nine and three or even 10 and two. I mean, if everything falls into place correctly, if you win the Egg Bowl, you're second in the SEC West. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's how close Mississippi State was to having a great, great season. It was a really good season for State. They hit on my expectations from a win-loss perspective. I thought they'd be seven and five. But I think even, you know, we, we did the media poll and we looked back at, um, you know, what we predicted preseason. And a lot of that was exceeding our expectations. Um, I I think both of us were around the same on on that. But I think even putting away the the win and loss perspective, looking at what Mississippi State did, how Will Rogers improved, how good the offense was by the end of the year, um, and and some individual uh, standouts on the offensive side of the ball, there's not a single person that, that should be upset with what's happened this season. Now, you want to win this ball game here and get to eight wins because eight wins don't happen all the time for Mississippi State. Um, you, you obviously want to have higher expectations than just eight wins, but this is a program that traditionally has uh, struggled to get to bowl games until 2009, and now you're getting to bowl games every single season. So, to get to eight wins, to win your bowl game two years in a row, to go into offseason positive momentum, especially considering the recruiting class they just signed, would be tremendous for Mississippi State. And it's already been a really good year. But having that eighth win on your resume over seven, it just seems like so much better for, for Mississippi State. So I think this game is big, but it's already been a really good year. Um, but I think this team is, is really focused in on winning this ball game and going into offseason – with some momentum. Yeah, there's no question about that. The state has a ton of momentum, in my opinion, not just in terms of this this team, but I'm talking about as a program. You mentioned recruiting. Uh, you mentioned the transfer portal. You, you look at what state's bringing back next year in terms of production. You look at Jordan Davis making his return next year, a guy who we, you and I both thought 
was set to have a huge season uh, in 2021. I think he gives State a viable, uh, you know, potential, uh, you know, NFL defensive lineman up there. I think he's that kind of player. I think he would have been a, a huge asset for Mississippi State this season. It looks like you're going to have continuity again uh, on the coaching staff. Obviously, you've lost Dave Nickel. Uh, that that hire is still yet to be made. But by and large, it appears that you know Zach Arnett's not going anywhere uh, this offseason. Looks like defensively, you're going to bring back uh, that that staff in place. So there's a lot of positives for Mississippi State. You know, there was obviously some disappointment this year. The way you lost to Memphis, that is a disappointing loss. The way you, you felt like you had Arkansas uh, and, and you couldn't quite get the job done. The way the Ole Miss game went, you know, to drop three touchdown passes there at the end of the first half, which may have, you know, may have made that game a little different uh, as it went along. There's some disappointment in there, but by and large, this, this season was a positive one for Mississippi State. And for me, you know, I feel like maybe I'm overcompensating here because people have been crushing my basketball take so much. But I really do feel good about the future for Mississippi State. When you look at 2023, I'm sorry, 2022, and what this team brings back, and this is a schedule, Robbie. We've talked about it. You know, we said it's, oh, it's a very difficult schedule for Mississippi State. But when you really look at what State brings back, it's not out of the realm of possibility that next year could be an eight or nine win season for Mississippi State. And that should lead into 2023 possibly being a 10, the kind of season that Ole Miss had this year, a 10 win. If things fall the right way, the chips fall in the right place, an 11 win season for Mississippi State, just because you're going to have so much, so many, ex- <coughs> excuse me, so many experienced players and experienced senior, seniors at that point. But next year, outside of Georgia and Alabama, who do you look at on that schedule and you say, well, that, that's probably a game Mississippi State can't win? You're certainly not afraid of Auburn coming to Mississippi State. Arkansas comes to Mississippi State next year. And I know State is 0-2 against Sam Pittman, but those games have not been unwinnable. They've both been very close. You certainly feel like you can get Texas A&M again next year. Uh, Kentucky is a team you feel like you can beat. Ole Miss, you know, that's a game, you know, we've sort of circled that, that Leach needs to win it next year. But Ole Miss is a team that should be cycling down next year, especially if they can't find a transfer quarterback, which they're struggling to do right this second. There's a lot of there's a lot of momentum uh, for Mississippi State in 2022. I do agree with you though. I'll, they will take a lot more momentum with a win here. Eight and five is a much different look than seven and six, especially when that when it's you come in seven and five. When you come in six and six and you get that seventh win to finish with a winning season, that's great. That's what you want. But eight and at seven and five, you want to be eight and five when this when this game is over. What I see of Texas Tech. And I've done you know a lot of preliminary research. I haven't gone too in depth. I guess I should. The game's less than forty eight hours away, but I, I feel like this is a team Mississippi State can beat. I feel like this is a team that State will be able to move the football against pretty much the way they have all year. And offensively, I don't see like I don't feel like they present a huge threat to Mississippi State. When you look at Texas Tech, what are you seeing? Yeah, I mean some of the same. That they've been competitive in some ball games against some good teams and. Then there's some bad teams that they've lost to. I mean, that's a program that they haven't been they haven't been able to capture what they did under Mike Leach since he left. That's correct. And that's that's why that fan base has really kind of latched on to Leach and they still adore the guy. I mean, he had such a bad ending to his tenure there. But there's not you're not gonna find very many Texas Tech fans that hold any ill will against him that don't like him or anything like that. 
they appreciate what he's done there. I mean, you look at what Dan Mullen did at Mississippi State, and there's still a lot of bad blood with this fan base and Dan Mullen. It's not like that with Mike Leach, and he was in that same vein. I mean, they didn't have a, a Jackie Sherrill, though, before him. He kind of was their white knight, I guess. He's the guy that kind of put that program on the map and made them respectable, and they have not been able to to uh, capitalize after he left. I had some numbers during his tenure at, uh, at Texas Tech, what he did there and what he did after – or what they've done after he left. And it was really kind of amazing. I mean, he was so consistent and he was so good there, and they just have not been able to to uh, uh, capitalize since he left. And they they they've been good this year. They've been solid. I mean, they have not been a bad team. But this is a team that Mississippi State's going to be much more talented than. They've got a good coach. They got a coach that is, I think, determined to beat them badly, um, and wants to win this game more than probably a lot of games he plays in the SEC, if I had to guess. So State should be coming into this ball game with with something to play for here and, and a coach that really wants to win the game. Um, you, you don't have two of your best players at cornerback and at left tackle, but, I mean, Mississippi State plays in the SEC. This is a game that they should expect to win and maybe even dominate. What's the what's the matchup for you that you're sort of looking at in this game for Miss, for Mississippi State? I I think you, one thing that I, I like, you know, Martin Emerson has decided to opt out. That was made official on Sunday, but Texas Tech's top receiver has opted out as well from this game. So it feels like in terms of the Texas Tech passing game, they don't really have a guy that that that, that frightens you. You got it. Still got Emmanuel Forbes out there. I think State can 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 cover up the Texas Tech passing game, and that will allow that defense that defensive line. To, to get some pressure because I I just feel like I feel I feel I feel confident in State's uh, defensive backfield in this one. Yeah, I mean, again, State should be more um, talented than this Texas Tech team, so you, you got to think that the defense should be able to get stops, get off the field, and at this point, you feel like your offense can move the ball and score against anybody. I mean, the only thing that held the, that's held them back in the last five, six games, whatever, since it's been the Alabama game, during that time frame, the only thing that's held them back is themselves. You know, penalties on the offensive line, um, interceptions, drop passes that, that were touchdowns like in the Ole Miss game. Mississippi State should be able to score points in this ball game. Um, you know, looking at, at what Texas Tech does, it, it looks like they're going to run the football. They've been they've been pretty balanced, I guess, but there's there's not a whole lot offensively, like you mentioned, that scares you. Um, so uh, defensively, I feel comfortable in Mississippi State being able to scheme some things up and win some one on one battles with Texas Tech that they shouldn't have, uh, you know, any kind of glaring. Um, options on offense that 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 you feel really worried about but um def- I guess offensively for Mississippi State it's just execution if they're executing they should win this game and and win it comfortably yeah i i just feel like the matchups favor Mississippi State in this game we'll go into a lot more detail about that tomorrow we have a very the the rarest of birds a tuesday episode of the 3 p's 
as we get ready for uh, for Mississippi State Texas Tech. We'll do we'll go very in depth uh, tomorrow. Let's move on into the second half of the show. Got a couple more things to talk about. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. You know, I I got a new grill for Christmas, so I'm excited to uh, to put some beef on the grill. And man, it's going to be some good times because nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. Nothing beats putting a couple of steaks out there, some burgers, or hey, I got enough grill space finally to do a brisket. So you know, if I want to take out a small loan at the uh, at the bank, I can you know refinance my house. I can put I can get a brisket, something like that. But hey, whatever it is you're looking for, beef is always going to be a great choice for any cookout you might be having. And of course, you know it's not cold today. We didn't have a very cold Christmas, but cold weather is coming. Maybe a big pot of chili, maybe a beef stew, something like that. Beef is always going to be a delicious dinner for you and your family. And of course, whenever you buy beef. You're supporting a lot of Mississippi farmers, 15,000 of them, uh, to be precise, doing nearly a half billion dollars a year worth of business. So don't forget that beef is what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District, smoked southern soul food. That's what it's all about. And hey, this week at Two Brothers, you know there's going to be some good times watching the game, enjoying yourself watching the Liberty Bowl. So if you're not going to be able to make it to Memphis and you're here in Starkville, Maybe a, a trip to Two Brothers to watch Mississippi State, Texas Tech is what needs to be on the menu for you. Right there in the heart of the Cotton District, you can't beat it. It's Two Brothers Smoked Meats. They make it simple for you at Advantage Business Systems. Their policies are simple, their products are great, and their service is top-notch. They can't be beat. All you've got to do is this. Give them a call and watch the rest happen. Your business becomes more profitable, more successful, almost overnight. Because they give you the top-notch products that your business needs to survive and thrive. And then when it's time to give you service, it's not a 1-800 number and a, maybe we'll get back to you in a week. It's we'll be there today. We're going to fix this problem. We're going to treat you like you're, you're our neighbor. And that's what they are at Advantage Business Systems. They are your neighbor. They're a Mississippi business first and foremost. Call them at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Let's play the song, Robbie. It's almost like we spoke it into existence, Robbie. We said it wasn't going to happen, but it did. Marcus Banks is headed to Starkville. That is a big pickup for Mississippi State in the transfer portal, the cornerback out of the University of Alabama. Simply put, he he fell victim to what a lot of players at Alabama fell victim to. A highly rated four-star prospect, but they signed a higher rated five-star prospect uh, to replace him in Kool-Aid McKistry, who I I can't really fault you for losing your job to a guy named Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Is the Kool-Aid man, is he the the jug or is he the liquid? He's the jug. Okay, I believe you're right. Because... Isn't his face on the outside? Like, if you're pouring the Kool-Aid, you don't lose, like, when after you get to a certain point, you don't lose his eyes. Right. Or his, or his right. mouth. Good point. That's a good point. Yeah, so, so I think it's, I think it's the, um, I think, I think it's, it's the picture. I agree with you. I agree with you. So, when, when did he, when did Banks commit? That was like, what, a week ago almost? Yeah, but we, we weren't doing shows. I know. I'm just. I feel like we've been gone for so long. We have. We have been gone a long time. He. I think he committed on. Uh, it may have been Tuesday night, so it may have been like right after the last show we did for the week. 
It was Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, it was early. It was before I went to, to Georgia. So, so that's a big commitment for Mississippi State. I would expect once this game is over on Tuesday, that's when you're going to start to pick up, you know, some, some more guys in the next, you know, three or four days after that because I'm not sure when State starts back to school. I know the Startville School District semester starts on January the 10th. So I would imagine it's close to that. It's probably that weekend. So guys are going to want to get here. They got to start getting into classes. They got to get enrolled and they got to start getting ready for spring practice. So in the next you know, couple of weeks, once this game is over and everybody turns their attention back to the portal and, and you know, obviously I, I would imagine state would probably still be looking at a couple of high school kids as well for the February signing period. Um, but those names will start rolling in. That's when you'll see possible kicker, possible left tackle, and then whoever else they're going to put. We did see tonight that one of their top targets, Tyrese Chambers, has decided to return to Florida International. So he will he has removed his name uh, from the transfer portal. But it does appear wide receiver is also a big uh, priority for Mississippi State in this uh, transfer portal. Just if you had to, to ballpark it, how many transfers do you think State's going to take in this cycle? Uh, I don't think it's going to be a huge group of transfers. I mean, they're sitting at – well, 22, 23 guys right now. Is yeah. that right? I think that's right. So, you know, I think probably, what, like four four guys, four or five guys. Mm-hmm. So we got you can get a, if you can get a difference maker at wide receiver, uh, probably another defensive back, like a safety, mm-hmm. offensive tackle, and a kicker. So you're, t- you're looking at probably five guys out of the portal, four or five. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like unless there's like some some can't miss guy, like I don't know who that would be. You know, would you take a second wide receiver or a third wide receiver even if there was somebody who you just you felt like you couldn't miss on uh, in that situation, or or you know a linebacker who's just too good to pass up on? You don't really need a linebacker, but is there somebody out there who's like, look, I want to come to Mississippi State? I don't know who those names are, but yeah, five seems to be about the right number. For Mississippi State, I think they could take up to nine. I think they could take 34 players in this cycle if they wanted to. But it, honestly, when you think about the transfer portal, Robbie, it makes sense to hold out a few guys because you know that after the spring and going into the summer, there's another wave into the portal. Guys finish out spring practice and they see where they are on the depth chart and they decide at that point, okay, it's time to move on to the next school. So it makes sense to hold, off, hold on to a couple of spots uh, if you're Mississippi State just to see – you know, the best of the rest out there when we get into April and May. You know, you have until July to get these guys signed and get them in, into camp. So we'll see where that takes uh, Mississippi State. But Marcus Banks, that's a big addition uh, for the Bulldogs. They needed him uh, very badly. Uh, and, it, you know, and give, give a, we have to give a lot of credit. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Darcel McBath and like, look, you know, what we think about his future at Mississippi State is going to be determined in these next few days. He goes out and gets to Carlos Nicholson, and now he gets Marcus Banks. You have to give him a lot of credit. And, and you know, he had a rough 2020, 2021, I should say, signing class. But 2022 has been very good to Darcel McBath. Yeah. I think Jason Washington played a big part in that. Mm-hmm. But Darcel, anybody that's, that's downplaying what he did is just not paying attention. I think he had a lot to do with that as well. And he uh, really had a lot to do with DeCarlos Nicholson. So, He's pulled his weight in this class. Uh, you'd like to see another, maybe a high school cornerback, if you can get one in the late signing period, that would be good, mm-hmm. just to add some depth to your group. But 
I've been really impressed with what this uh, coaching staff's done in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've had last year you had Jalen Green came in, Jason Washington uh, got him, and that was that was a good pickup. He wasn't just incredible this year, but he was a solid contributor. He started all season long. Randy Charlton started. That ended up being huge because Jordan Davis got hurt. Mm-hmm. It was big for them for them to land him. Uh, Makai Polk, we saw what he did. Jameer Calvin helped out. Just about everybody that they landed in the portal that was a scholarship guy. I know they got some guys that were walk-on quarterbacks, but the scholarship guys really made a difference on this year's team. And that's what the portal is going to do for teams now. It's it's going to act as almost – I mean, it really is basically a free agency mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, guys are jumping in from other Power 5 schools going to Power 5 schools. You're getting guys that are coming from, um, you know – group of five and and places like that you know a lot like and that's kind of interesting that Tyrese Chambers decided to stay at FIU because he had a lot of options and um, I, I felt like he could come to the SEC and, and have a big impact but uh, you're, you're seeing guys like that that are coming from FIU uh, you know Louisiana Tech and places like that <clears throat> and transferring up to SEC schools to kind of up their stock for the draft that's changed the game uh, for everybody, for athletes in colleges. So it, it's been interesting to see how this this has played out. I think I, I think at some point you're probably going to have to change this up a little bit because it's kind of out of control at this point. But um, at the same time, it's it's kind of fun to watch. But uh, you just, uh, I mean, you're going to have hundreds of guys that don't even have a place to go. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know what the answer is to that. but In the coming years, <clears throat> players are going to start to figure out the portal a little bit more. And I think coaches are going to have to start changing the way they recruit a little bit yeah. more because they're, gonna be, they're losing too many guys in their first year. You're lo- your guys are coming in as true freshmen, and they're not getting the playing time that they want, and it's, 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 they're, they're dropping out too quick. And so I think you're going to see coaches start to you know ease back on rep- early playing time. As a you know, outside of the elite of the elite guys, or places where you just have a hole in the roster, you know, if you're at Alabama, you, if you recruit, you know, four four star, five star defensive backs every year, you can't tell all of them, well, you got a great chance to come in and crack the lineup. You know, at some point, you have to say, look, you know, this is probably going to be a red shirt, and you know, by the time you're a sophomore, and if that's not what you're interested in, then maybe you need to go somewhere else, because you know, we just you know, that's that's the way our program is built right now, so. We'll just have to see uh, where the, the transfer portal, I think, in the next couple of years will evolve, and you won't see as many people in it as you do right now. I think that's going to be the case. I could be wrong. Uh, I hope so. We, we, need, we need to figure something out there. And I, I think the NIL stuff is going to adjust, too. Uh, they're going to have to have some legislation on that because right now that's insane, too. I agree. I agree. But, I mean, anybody that's scared, that you know, these, these people that, that are like, well, this is the death of Mississippi State – no. Every time there's a change in, in college football, people have that mindset. But the state's going to adjust as well. I mean, they just have the highest-ranked signing class that they've had in a long time, uh, at least according to 247. They're 17th. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it obviously did not hurt them this season. Now, could it down the line? Maybe. I don't know. But that's going to that's gonna adjust too, uh, the okay. NIL. But right now, it's, it's kind of – it's – it's too much. 
I agree. One last thing before we get out of here, let's give a shout out to one of my all time favorite Bulldogs, Quindary Weatherspoon, who, you know, if you, if, I don't know how much you guys keep up with the NBA. I assume you don't keep up a lot, but, you know, COVID has really been doing a number. I shouldn't say COVID, but positive tests have been doing a number on the rosters there. They've been having us take guys off, I'll, I'll put them on the injured list, so on and so forth. Quindary Weatherspoon got to play on Christmas Day for the Golden State Warriors and had a pretty good game. Uh, got uh, some some love after the game from Steph Curry. I was talking about what Clay Thompson had to say to him. Kundari Westman was is one of the greatest Bulldog basketball players of all time. Very underrated player uh, for Mississippi State when you think about his career, mainly because he just didn't have a ton of postseason success. But that's a guy who gave. I mean, he gave you a hundred percent, Robbie, without looking like he gave you a hundred percent. The one of the the most easygoing, smoothest player State's ever had. But could get to the, could create his own shot, could play defense, could shoot the three, could run the point, could do it all. Glad to see him at the next level. I think I think he has a chance to have a career there. No doubt. What a what a great teammate. I love the way that he plays the game. They, they got to give him a spot, uh, even after this. Uh, you know the rosters reset and all that stuff. Yeah, and the guy's a basketball player. Just give him a jersey and let him go. I mean, he he did it when he got his opportunities with. The Spurs, um, and then he's where else was he after that? I think that's it. Spurs, some, is it just from the Spurs? Yeah, I think that's correct. So, you know, they loved him there. He's already, I mean, you're having people rave about him yeah. uh, at Golden State. You know, Clay Thompson was, was the guy that really vouched for him because he was competing with him at practices in the G League, and he talked about just how impressed he was uh, about how he defended him. And I think that really helped uh, in getting him to the the main roster. So, give the dude a shot. Give him a jersey. I feel the same way about Robert Woodard. I mean, I just love the way that those guys play the game of basketball. No, I agree. And um, you know, that's that's awesome for Q to get that opportunity have, and, and show up on the big stage like we knew he would. Hopefully, yeah. he gets to continue to do that. Yeah, Woodard got some playing time the other night as well for the Kings. So good stuff. Uh, seeing some MSU guys in at the next level. So. All right, tomorrow's show is the three Ps. We'll talk about Mississippi State, Texas Tech in depth. And then uh, Robbie will head to the bowl game. We'll uh, recap that on our Wednesday podcast uh, as Robbie will report in live from Memphis. Also, at the end of the week, we've had to rename these now. This is the third time I've renamed these things. But the Robbies, our year-end award, will be handed out for all of MSU stuff. We will be doing some polls uh, starting on Thursday. So you'll be able to vote in the polls, and then we'll do our podcast. I'm sorry, starting on Wednesday, we'll do those polls. And uh, we'll take your votes and uh, see who wins all those awards, the Robbie's Awards this year here on Thunder and Lightning. Are you excited? How, ex- how exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. So who wins? The, we got, we I mean, is there, the is there a better name? Is there a better name we can come up with? Well, you know, we had the BBs, and then we had the Joel T's. Now we have the Robbie's. Okay. So, but we, we've kept the same trophy through the years. It's still the prestigious four finger hand turkey. As it should. As it you, should. That should never change. I can't wait to see who wins. I, I was thinking about male athlete of the year. Going to be some, some people, just, there's going to be some division on that one, I feel. So I can't wait to see who wins. We'll talk about that, though, a little bit more uh, throughout the week. All right, guys, have a great uh, Monday. Back with you on Tuesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.